What's up, friends? Welcome to the Why the F Not podcast. I am your host, Stephen Brogan Cortez. Uh, episode 58. Today, I have a special friend coming in, uh, a friend I met in college back at Cal State Northridge. Uh, his name is Patrick Batiste, Pat to be real uh, on his social medias. Uh, Patrick is an actor uh, most known for his work with the Independent Shakespeare Company. Uh, he is a uh, just uh honestly just, i was just happy to just sit down with this guy and just catch up just like all my guys honestly it's the best part i just love talking to all these people but and, and just like everyone else just pat it was just a great time to be with uh so sit back relax uh, and enjoy the why bf not podcast worked on so 14 shows and in an outdoor shakespeare festival it's it's pretty lit Dude, yes. Congratulations, man. So I started recording a little bit, but like, is there anything right now that were anything that you don't want me to ask about or anything? Because just so you know, there are no relatives of yours that I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about you. All right. About your journey, who you are. Right. Yeah. Anything yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, geeking out I, about? Yeah, just I don't know. Everything is chill except for like just relationship stuff. I don't necessarily want to talk about relationships. You know, <laughs> like, like you're like, giving like, me. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't want to talk about it I'm like, i don't want to like you can, you can kind of get caught up doing stuff like that so dude that looks at it all man good thing we're not doing a video here <laughs> hold on let me get a get cozy man i got my drink i got my vape nice yeah i'm about to smoke my little half a joint after this oh good good man all right, all right. well Let's get the ball rolling. This is the, the Wiley F. Not podcast today. A good friend of mine, a, a great actor, performer, human being, uh, Mr. Patrick Batiste. Ooh, that looks clean, dude. Whoa, what an entrance, man. I swear, you're making me feel like I need to do this as a video podcast, too, now. <laughs> welcome, welcome, hey, my friend. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Just got cornrows for the first time in a while because I'm doing Macbeth, you know, and Ooh. after... After we were doing the comedy, I had the curls out. I got to look a little more gritty, you know, as as a as a soldier in the Griffith Park Shakespeare Festival, you know. So like, are curls more fun, and then like the like tighter hair is like more serious, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> my role in uh, the Night of the Burning Pestle for those people that just you know kind of just tuned in, we already had a little intro, but. Yeah, I've been doing the Shakespeare Festival this summer, and we opened the comedy Night of the Burning Pestle like in June. So we were running. We did 22 shows, and we just closed it on Sunday. Our our final show was on Sunday, and now we're about to open up Macbeth, which is the opposite role for me. Yeah, the curls were for the fun times, but you can't be gritty uh, in gritty Scotland you know, looking like a pretty boy with curls in your head. <laughs> They're going to grab that hair, dude. You got to be like, no, don't touch it. Don't grab my pretty curls, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, dude, I mean, it's so good to talk to you again, man. It's so good just to chit-chat with you. I'm like, again, I'm so, so happy for you. Like, the relationships you build with Independent Shakespeare Company. You know, you're out there with Jenny Park. Shout out Jenny P, you know. Shout out Jenny, man. Yeah. Like And Gabby. And yeah, Bruno too, dude. Oh, you got a bunch of yeah. CSUN folk out there, dude. It's just, I've been to a couple yeah. of shows. Like, for those that don't know, in Los Angeles, there is a gem of a production company called Independent Shakespeare Company. Where, and it, did it all start in Griffith Park? No, it initially started in, well, it initially started in Barnesdale Park, like the LA version. But Melissa and David met when they were doing Hamlet on Broadway with Ray Fiennes. Um, and like, in like, in like the late nineties or something or mid nineties or 20 something years ago, I'm not sure exactly when, but they were on Broadway with Ray Fiennes and then they met each other and they were like, all right, let's create our own company. But they realized that there wasn't really a need for outdoor. There was already outdoor theater, Shakespeare, and there's like theater everywhere in New York. But they realized that in LA, there was a space, there was a, there was an opportunity for them to bring it to LA because obviously there was no Shakespeare in LA, you know, in Griffith park before, before they brought it. So they were like, Hey, let's just do it. Let's see if we can, uh, you know, make it a thing. And this is their 19th year putting it on, you know, they got the city to back them. They're going to build a permanent stage in Griffith park. It should be up next year. 
Um, oh my God, so congratulations. It's, that's huge, dude. Like, like that's like people need to um, like understand that this company builds a whole production set, like a, like a full professional, like lights, sound props. You got your set pieces. Everything is set up in the park and to have a, a permanent stage now, I don't even know what that's going to do for the company. Like the, like that's going to propel it so much further now. Yeah, it's going to attract big time peeps, you know, to want to be on stage. I mean, but the I, th I think the ultimate like niche of the company is that, you know, the company is a company of of actors, not necessarily like, you know, what if Lawrence Fishburne wanted to play King Lear or, you know, like, you know, big time names that will that will really turn it into like the New York version, which is which is like, you know, just famous people on stage. But I mean, it, it, it's cool. That would propel them in, in a particular way. But their mission statement is to bring affordable, you know, accessible theater to everyone. That's why it's free. And obviously, if you, you know, it, but it's gonna, it's gonna be great. It's gonna, be, I can't wait to see where it's gonna be in five years. Like, you know, versus, I mean, five years ago, it was still pretty lit. Um, you know, that's when I joined. I, well, I joined in 2015, so seven years ago it was lit. They did Romeo and Juliet. That was a major summer. Um, uh, so, yeah, like, the permanent stage is, is, is going to be awesome, dude. I mean, the fact that we don't have to build uh, this, the, the ultimate infrastructure of the stage and, and – and and coil every night you know the cabling and the and the you know the, all you're gonna have to do is plug things in as opposed to locking things down it's gonna be a revolution <laughs> you're gonna have just a crazy resource of energy now from the company to do other things to expand yeah the set, to do uh, mm -hmm. i don't know just you're you have so much more energy to get more creative now you have one less thing to, yeah. to think to think about and it's such a huge thing yeah yeah and our audiences now you know now that hopefully covid is well covid is still going but hopefully the the it's pandemic box, next dude. year like yeah, monkey monkey box, state of emergency in california i'm like dude am i gonna have to get a bubble and be like bubble boy and just walk around and go see independent shakespeare company my bubble have my snacks my my cartoonery board my charcuterie charcuterie well like cheese and wine hopefully. you know <laughs> <laughs> that's what they make it feel like honestly we get tested three times a week um and it's and, and it's dangerous out here you know like if if you get if you test positive your summer is pretty much over and like they were saying like yeah like if an actor like me that's positive that have to cancel the show or something and and things yeah it's still out here you know you know limiting our ability to work but hopefully next year it'd be less of that and more of just try to get the people out to see the shows, you know, because we ha we still have a dub down audience because we're in a smaller space in the park as opposed to our space where they're supposed where they're where they're building the infrastructure like oh, for the permanent stage. That place can fit 3000 people, but um, but they're not trying to attract 3000 people during a pandemic. So they, yeah. they they move to a place where the max is like 600. So I think it's a, a fourth of what they're normally um bringing in but you know the fact that they're able to stay alive these past two years and you know they have a great uh support of the fans and you know donors in the city it's a it's a it's a blessing so it's pretty lit because during the height of the pandemic independent shakespeare company was still putting out virtual performances right and then like there was a full film or, or that was put out also can like Dude, share about that because y'all were still busy during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, that's one of the things like they can't stop producing. David and Melissa, like that's just what they do. That's why they have this company. And, you know, they they are compelled to constantly produce stuff, you know. So, yeah, during the pandemic, they're like, what can we still do? And initially it was, you know, the Zoom readings. Um, and then, you know, and then we did a a, a COVID friendly Romeo and Juliet movie. Um, and that's pretty lit. Like it's actually very well done considering like, it's like, I never shot with it. Oh, I did shoot with someone. There was one day I, I actually went in and shot with people, but for the most part it was remotely done. And, uh, you know, like, and if you were on set with people is like, you know, COVID stuff, you have to get tested and you know, all that stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they did a movie Romeo and Juliet. Um, 
what else did they do? They they did virtual fundraisers. Um, it was a really cool virtual fundraiser uh, that they did um, where we filmed things on Zoom and stuff like that and, and tried to make it as, as high quality as we could. And and then they just finished Live at the Porpentine, which is a, a real feature film um, based on comedy of errors. And uh, and so that was that that came out pretty good. Um, got a lot of cool, cool influences on it. David Melville like did the whole score. It's on it's on Spotify and all the streaming platforms live at the Porpentine. The out the 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 soundtrack and and it's it's good, you know. So yeah, they 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 constantly produce. They constantly um, invest in their artists. They invested in the in the black ensemble to create a a piece. Um, you know the the company members that are black. They were like you know because the Black Lives Matter movement was happening during the pandemic as well, and so you know they had a grant um, to pay their black artists to come up with a piece, and so we were commissioned to to get together like over the last two years to create a original piece that is probably going to be put up in the, in the fall, um, in their, in their studio space. So, uh, yeah, they're, they were investing in the artists. They were investing. It should be coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sick. Congratulations, man. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, they, yeah. So they are definitely one of the few companies that, that are able to, you know, that we're able to kind of claw out of that. Most theater companies don't exist anymore. If you don't, I mean, if you realize, especially like independent, like independently, you know, ran, um, uh, companies like it's been tough for theater. Mm -hmm. Um, but they have figured out a way they have a great system and, and invest in their, in their artists. Melissa and David, man, that's, those are their names, right? The heads of ISC. Yeah, Melissa, artistic director, and David, managing director. But you know they're married and and they run it together. Dude, those two are some of the most beautifully like just eccentric, beautifully eccentric people I've ever met. Like, like it, it like it, it wouldn't take anything less than who they are to have made Independent Shakespeare Company what it is. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a great balance between them. Melissa has the, um, uh, I mean, they both bring things to the table that is like, you know, like a great marriage. Obviously, they're married, and so they operate that way. Uh, but it, you know, it's it's a great. So they operate that within their marriage, but they also operate in a similar way of strengths. And you know, like one person has these strengths, and the other person has these strengths, and you bring them together, and it ends up working out to run the company. So yeah, I think it's a great balance between them and 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 they're both complement each other very well as far as like, you know, running the company. Yeah. So I mean, okay, so at, for yourself as an actor, I wasn't I was going to ask this about COVID. Like does because you said, you know, you get you test positive once and like your summer's over. So has that made you like extremely cautious off stage like whenever you're not not working with them or not at rehearsals? Yeah, I mean, not naturally. I mean, I'm back wearing my mask in public, uh, you know, you know, and, and it's just a fear. It's just an overall fear. You know, uh, I don't want to put people's business out there, but our stage manager caught COVID last week, last Wednesday mm. and and had to um, end her ultimate. You know, she couldn't be with us for our final week. And that was a blow to the whole company. Like, you know, for our final five performances. Uh, which were moving at the highest level. We were, we were obviously like, you know, if you're putting on a show and you get 22 performances, the last five are super polished, you know, and then all of a sudden you get a new stage manager in there and things, things kind of get, things kind of start back from square one, you know, and, you know, someone's getting used to writing, you know, doing the cues. Someone has to get used to turning your mics on and off. And, and it was tough for the, the, the ASM crew, but, but yeah, people are still getting COVID and, and it's it's terrible, like and it's real sickness, and it's um you know you pray you pray for people's you know fast recovery and whatnot. Um, but yeah, for me, yeah, I mean, I I gotta live my life at the same time. You know, I cannot live in fear. And at the end of the day, I think I can control what I can control. I gotta maintain my health, my vitamins. You know, eat eat the right way, work out all the yes, time. Natural foods. Yeah. 
drink water and, you know, and, and, you know, follow the CDC guidelines and all that stuff. And I think as long as I do that, I think I'll feel comfortable with my results. If I get it, I get it. But I hear so many people getting it that that it's like it seems to be inevitable. But I'm just praying I haven't gotten it in, you know, since it's existed. So I'm just going to pray for that to continue to be that case. Knock on wood. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. So let's 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 see. Let's backtrack a little bit for in your journey. Like so before before Independent Shakespeare Company before. Wait, so how many how many shows is this going to be? What's Macbeth going to be for you Number- uh, with the company or just, or just my equity, my my professional theater with the company? Oh, shoot. No, let's just keep it to the company. Yeah. Um, okay, so hold on. So I started with so technically uh for twenty the summer of twenty fifteen, they wanted me to be this singer kind of utilitary utilitary like actor in Much Ado About Nothing, where I would just sing and kind of do some scene changes and just be part of the watch, you know, like a like an ensemble character. But that also came with being in Romeo and Juliet as the concessions manager. So con- Romeo and Juliet opened first, and that was the biggest summer that they've ever had, even to this day. Like, the crowds were ridiculous. And I'm the concessions manager, selling all the concessions, flipping it. I had to go to Smart and Final, you know, to get the ice and get all the stuff, the water for everything. And we would sell out every day. And I'm a hustler. So I'd be like, look, I would... I would and these crazy, crazy crowds, these crazy lines, I'd be like, what y'all want? What y'all want? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. Orchestrating <laughs> these brownies because at the time it was either cupcakes or brownies that we were selling. So technically, I consider Romeo and Juliet to be something that I worked on because I was part of the concessions. Uh, and that was something that I was I was I was hustling. But then I was on stage the same summer, a couple couple months later or a couple days later, you know, once that closed on Much Ado About Nothing. So Much Ado is my first on stage. But I worked on Romeo and Juliet. So that's like, you know, one on stage. And then the next summer I did the what the 2016 Tempest. And then I was and then they did Richard the Third, which is I I was the soundboard operator, you know, for microphones. I turned the mics on and off for, yeah. for Richard. So I wasn't I wasn't on stage for Richard and I wasn't on stage for Romeo, but I worked on both of those. So my so Tempest, much ado were my first two. And then the next uh, 17 I did measure for measure. Two gents, and then eighteen. I did um, Midsummer and Titus Andronicus. Jeez. So that's six on stage, and then nineteen. I did um, nineteen was Pericles Twelfth Night. Um, I mean technically, and then the pandemic happened. So that's eight on stage, ten that I've worked on until the pandemic. And then we did the Romeo and Juliet virtual movie. Then we did live at the Porpentine virtual movie and like a lot of fundraisers. Um, so that's technically still what eight on stage. And then this year, last year we did the Tempest. And then this year we did um, night of the burning pestle. Wait. And, uh, and then we're just doing Macbeth. I think I already did the math. It's 10 on stage. Uh, and Macbeth is my 11th on stage, but I think, you know, the movies that I did would be 13 plus the the tech stuff and the um, and the and the concessions would be 15. 15 that I worked on, 11 on stage and two movies. Wow. <laughs> I know it's kind of a- that's wild, man. And all that being said, right, all that, all that yeah. just within independent Shakespeare company, because it looked, it sounded like you were about to be like, oh, there's more. So just just with your career so far with independent Shakespeare company, like, did you ever see yourself getting to be a part of a company like this when you first started acting? Like, when did you first start acting? When did that when did the bug hit you first? Well, you know, I've been singing since I was a kid. Um on stage, I was always like singing in my choirs and, and church and like in school for assemblies and stuff since I was I, my first play I did was 10 years old. I did The Wiz. I was a scarecrow um, and at the Black Repertory Theater in Oakland, California. It was shout like out. this ghetto. It's a, yeah, shout out. It's, I mean, it's not ghetto, but it's like, you know, uh, unruly kids. There's a lot of unruly kids coming together to do the whiz, right? So, and I was ten, and so that was when I really got my first. We did forty shows that 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 summer. Forty in shows? front of you were, you were twelve, bunch of twelve year olds. 
10. Most of them averaged out to like 10 to 10, 10, to, 10 to 14, you know. Um, yeah, so they worked us. <laughs> yeah, were you paid so, at least or like given snacks? Well, oh, yeah, snacks. Well, you're we eating, we were eating good. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it was like a you know, a, a summer camp that we probably paid to be a part of because you know, people drop their kids off and and then you're there all day. So I'm not sure how it worked, like as far as that, but 10 years old was the first time I really was like, yeah, I can do this, I'm good. Hmm. And then I kept singing and singing, and once I got to high school. Um, you know, I was in all the productions there. Um, you know, uh, you know, I got the Paul Robeson award my senior year, which is the, uh, I, I got that plaque. I got this plaque right here. Hold on. Oh, shit. Get the plaque. <laughs> it's, uh, and wait for him to get back. So, so in high school, it's the Paul Robeson award for theater arts. My senior year of high school, you know, Paul Robeson, one of the greatest um, actors and especially black actors of of our time, of our of not our time, but of American history. And so they named it after him. And then and then I got that award because of the work that I put in throughout high school. But during high school, I was a part of this like talent competition where I got signed to, you know, Abrams artist. Now it's a three. And like, I think my second audition, I booked a commercial in high school when I was like 16 hey. and it was a six flags commercial. And I think I got like $18,000 for like working three hours and it was just running for three months. And I was 16 and um, $18,000 to me in 2000 and uh, what, 2007, 2008 was a lot of money. You're a millionaire. I was, Mom, I don't have to work anymore. I'm done. I made it. <laughs> I have eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, eighteen thousand. And I had a job, uh, you know, working at Chicken and Waffles in Oakland. Um, so that was the first time I was like, "Oh yeah, money, money. This is money <laughs> for one day for three hours." Damn, I need to do this all the time. So I ended up doing it all the time, and then I think ever since then I've shot like you know almost 30 commercials oh you know since over the last 15 years like i think averaging out two year two spots a year um you know throughout and then so uh you know then obviously i went to csun uh i initially i i didn't think i was going to go to college i was just about to just try to act full time um because i had the representation and i had the momentum as a 18 year old coming out i was like 18,000 gig let's go i don't need college yeah. <laughs> And I had just booked my first co-star in the summer of between my senior year and freshman year on this NBC TV show called Trauma, where I worked, where I acted with uh, Derek, uh, Derek Luke, who was Antoine Fisher. You know, the movie Antoine Fisher with Denzel. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, it was a, yeah, it was called Trauma. It was my first co-star. And, uh. And so, you know, I was in the dorms freshman year watching that on TV. I, I just had a great energy, like when I was, you know, 18. Hope I didn't peak too high. So I'm just, I'm just <laughs> too early. I mean, peak too early. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I've been acting, you know, professionally since I was 16, let, let, let's say, um, you know, and, uh, you know, off and on, like I'd say over the last 15 years, 10 years have been because, you know, have I've been a working actor, you know, being able to pay my life um, by being an actor. So 10 out of the last 15 years, that's been a blessing to be able to say um, for me, because, you know, you book two, two commercials a year and you can survive in L.A. Um, you know, I'm just looking for a, a bigger break right now. Hey, all right. So wait, so what was it that changed your mind about CSUN? Like you had. The co-starring, you 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 were getting your commercials in. Like, what what finally had you go? You know what? I'll go to school. My mom. <laughs> it's always <laughs> our mom, man. It's good that you asked that. Yeah, my mom said, "Yeah, you're not gonna mom. go to LA. <laughs> you're not gonna go to LA and not be in school. You know, especially because I went to a, a college preparatory school. You know, and uh, so there was." I needed to get a degree as far as she was concerned, so that was good, and that was good. And if I didn't go to school, I wouldn't have met Melissa. I wouldn't be part of the Independent Shakespeare Company. I wouldn't know you and so many of my friends now. Like, I don't know how people meet friends in L.A. if they don't have, I don't know, like CSUN's a great way to meet like-minded people that are, you know, thinking at a high level, like, or like-minded people, you know, uh, 
thinking on a common ground and you end up, you know, being friends and, and working together at some point. So uh, I, it, it's hard in L.A. if you don't have that group. That's why people do all those classes and like, you know, workshops to really just develop their network. But CSUN was a great network. And I'm I have my mom to thank for that, for pushing me to go. You know, she's like, you need to get your butt in school. <laughs> Dude, yeah, do I say it so many times on this podcast that CSUN, yeah, I got a degree from there, but the best part, the best thing that I got out of CSUN were the connections I made. Like I mm-hmm. feel so I feel I, I I tell Stephanie all the time. I feel like when I this podcast has had me take a step back and and just appreciate all the people I've met in my life and I feel like the richest man and I feel like that's the best part I got from CSUN. Yeah. Yeah, for real. You know, um, just endless connections, endless good people. Like it's not one of those like, you know, the USC's of the world where you're paying a million dollars to go or the Cal Arts of the world where you're paying a million dollars. I don't know. It's like damn near a million dollars to go to these schools. (laughs) Or something. it's like, you know, I think it's thirty five thousand. I mean, thirty thousand. I think I. Because I was there a little longer than normal, you know. What I mean, I was there for five, I took my time five too, years. Dude, I took my time. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so it's like, yo, my whole five years was the amount of one, like less than a semester at USC. So it's like you don't have these like rich kids or these pretentious kids. I'm not saying all people that go to USC or these like these conservatories are are rich kids by any stretch of the imagination. Like, but. There's it's just the humble like work hard to get there. You know, there are plenty of people that, yeah. you know, work their asses off to get there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't got nothing ill to say about paying for school, but it's just so expensive that. And then when you're paying a little less, you're just a little more humble um, at CSUN. I don't know. I, I felt like it was a lot of good people there and not really like feeling entitled to be. Uh, I don't know. I no I don't really have head for going to CSUN. No one was like, I go to Cal State Northridge. Look at me. Everyone was like, yeah, I go to CSUN. Everyone yeah. was really chill about it. And Stephanie yeah. actually and- brought something up, to, brought something into my, uh, into my, te- brought something up to my attention that CSUN actually started growing after the big earthquake in, North- in Northridge. After that earthquake hit, the state just gave them a ton of money just to rebuild, right? And I, pr- mm-hmm. I think we hit up CSUN. Our time at CSUN was probably we got to see it really bloom and blossom. You know what I mean? Yeah. We saw the VPAC. Yeah. We saw the birth of the VPAC, dude. Like we, we saw like I don't. So wait, what was your, what was your major at CSUN? Because you sang and you act too. So you were a theater major. Yeah, yeah, theater major, and I minored in uh, musical theater. Same as you, probably. I was a music major <laughs> actually, minored in musical theater. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I minored in musical theater, which was half music, half theater, you know, so I was in the music department a little bit, um, you know, working with Ketchy and and uh, I had a I had a uh, musical theory theory class, couple theory classes with um, David Axe. Um, oh, good old you know, David Axe. Shout out Ketchy. Shout out Axe, man. <laughs> yeah. In the music. Your peers, you mean? That's something, but... The teachers you meet, though, like catchy yeah. changed my life forever when it comes to my voice as a person as well. Dude, I have a story. So I yeah. was originally a cello. I, was, I wanted to be a cello performance major at CSUN because I played cello mm-hmm. in high school and I, I got some, you know, pra- no, since middle school. And I got some training in me like towards like the beginning of college. But I tried auditioning. I didn't make it. I didn't make it in. It's a really hard program to get into, dude. Like CSUN's music department is like no joke. Like actually yeah, four acts and my back was sweating at the end, bro. I was a mess. Uh, Especially but, for cello. He played cello. Yeah, dude. It was, <laughs> it was intense, dude. Like the, the professors looked at me at the end. They were like, honey, you were chromatically out of tune. Like your hand was just not in the right place. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't have enough private lessons. Shit. I just, I, it's what that, but anyways, everything happens for a reason. And then I have catchy as my music 100 teacher. Like, I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you took that class, too, with the musical theater minor, but it's one like the I think so. really early, like music classes at CSUN. And she mm-hmm. knew that I sang and she was like, well, why don't you why, why don't you choose your voice as your instrument instead? And I had a friend, mm-hmm. another friend of mine. Uh, his name's Patrick, too. Patrick Lou. Shout out Patrick Lou. Uh, he hey. gave me some Italian songs. He was like, do practice these. Do your thing. And I auditioned for Catchy. She was in that room. 
And she obviously knew what songs I was singing because I was singing very basic Italian arias that every vocal performance person starts off with at school, right? Uh, yeah. And while I was singing, I was messing up the words, and she was looking me eye to eye with a smile on her face, and she started mouthing the words, bro. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Like, like she barely yeah, knew she's me. Awesome. She barely knew me, and she had so much support for all her students. That wasn't even just me. Everyone got that kind of support from her, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, I was uh yeah in the music department. We got to got to actually. I took her class once, and then I was auditing it. I audited her class like a gang of times. She let me just come in there and not actually be enrolled. I I, I don't know if that was going to get her in trouble or not, but <laughs> but sometimes yeah, like Dan Weingarten let me audit his events, lighting class. Like it was a lot of just get good at your craft at CSUN, and not necessarily you know like. You know, I don't know if they let anyone else audit. Maybe I just have that relationship with them. But they're like, yeah, just come in. And then yeah. you you don't really have to sing. You can just watch other people sing. Because honestly, watching other people sing is almost as good as as watching, you know, as as yourself kind of work the instrument. So, um, yeah, I, I love the music department. If I go back to school for music, it would, I mean, it would be good. It would be to go for music, vocal performance to stuff so I can you know, rehash all that, um, you know, the dialect and the, uh, the different, the, the, the different languages that you sing. Cause, cause I remember I was part of this young musicians program when I was 15 at Cal, um, where we used to do that stuff and, and, um, singing German and Italian and all kind of stuff. That stuff is fun and you lose it if you don't use it. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. definitely something you have to practice, man. Just because like your yeah. it's your tongue, it's your tongue needs training, mm -hmm. your whole mouth needs training. Because like when you're singing in different languages, like you realize, oh shit, German sits in a different place in my mouth, you, and then you realize, oh, there are different places my voice sits in my mouth. That's oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been singing a lot of rock music lately. Um, like what <laughs> original stuff or like covers? What are you doing? Well, well, for Night of the Burning Pestle, like I closed the show, uh, the finale is a, uh, it's like, all right, yeah, the play is over. Let's, let's end it with a dance. And then, and then David comes in as his character. Nah, 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 that's not how you end the show. He comes out with his, his rock, his, like his, his guitar. And then we sing, uh, Hall and Oates, um, you make my dreams come true. Mm. You make, you make my dreams come true. Oh, 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 it's good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I sang that song at the end, and then like kind of we kind of changed the uh, the ending to where it's just like a acapella belt at the end. Oh, and uh, you know, so it's kind of super rocky. But uh, you know, with, again with the Shakespeare Company, they've given me a lot of opportunities to sing at their fundraisers with the band, um, pretty much consistently since 2017. So that's how I've been working my my vocal performance muscle lately is is um is there, you know. Dude, nice. Like that's like that's you're going to the gym right there for your voice basically. That's the workout right there. Getting your yeah. reps in. Yeah, but I'm going to start writing some music with my friend. He makes some beats and I think uh I'm moving in the next month. So um um you know, I'm going to use that motivation to kind of dedicate to music again you know back on the piano and you know back on the guitars and 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 trying to trying to really really dive into music um right so writing music my dude yeah dude i'm trying to perform oh. really i just want to perform um mm. and uh you know and people say i'm amazing so it's like might as well i feel like it would be <clears throat> you know a disappointment if i didn't at least have an album out um, you know, this time next year, um, you'd be doing a disservice to us all, dude. Don't be, don't do that to us, Pappy. Come on, put on now, even a Christmas album, bro. Give me a Christmas album, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah, just a six song EP, maybe. You know, just gonna work on six songs slowly and then keep keep the juices. Hopefully, that gives me some juice. So I want to just perform the LA little circuit, you know, and just see and see what the deal is. See if I get signed or something. 
Dude. So what's uh what's the big dream for you? Like what's like not the end goal? Because like honestly, like as artists, there is no real end goal, right? Like we're always creating, we're always we're always gonna keep on keeping on. But so, what are other little like dreams you got going on right now? Other little like anything else other than acting that keeps you sane? Yeah, I mean, outside of acting, I mean, well. I am waiting to hear back from this Nickelodeon series, this new series that I feel like I'm going to book, this animated series. Um, I don't want to say any names about it, um, but uh, I, I think I want an NDA with that. But I got a callback for it, and I feel like it's going to be a big-time new series. Um, so, you know, my voice is in NBA 2K 2020, 20, 21, 22. What? And no they way, just brought what? me back. So you play the my player mode and I'm just talking to the my player like, yo, yo, get the rebound, push the rebound, push the break. Yo, um, you know, calling him Dude, whatever so his sick. name is. I had to, Yeah, good. Good. Good shot. Good defense. I'm just voice chatter um, yeah. for the my player, my player mode. Like I haven't even played it. They give me the game every year, but they just re brought my voice back for 2022 or 2023. And one of these new ones. I think it's 2023. Um, uh, so my play, you know, voiceover, I've, I've been breaking into it, um, you know, and I feel like I'm coming real close to, to booking an animated series. Um, Let's go. You know, obviously, I, I, so, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, do movies. That is really what I want to do. I need to be in movies. Um, my goal is to, you know, get in a movie in the theaters, um, you know, in the next year, if that's you know, you know, I don't, I don't know, if, or at least shoot the movie that's going to be in the theaters in the next oh, year. You okay. know what I mean? Oh, I, even behind the scenes, I dig it. All right, cool, no, cool. No, 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 not not. It just takes it just takes more than a year usually to shoot and edit and get in, into the theaters. So it's like I just want to book something oh, okay. that's going to be in the theaters. Um. So, so but outside of acting, Marvel, you want to be in Marvel? You want to be something big like that? Like, like you want to be like? Well, DC? I don't know about Marvel. You want to do something more serious? Are you more like a more of a serious actor? You know. Daniel Day Lewis, Denzel, more like serious drama, I, maybe comedy I think here and so. there. I think so. I think it's more based on the background that I've developed with the Shakespeare companies. Uh, I have developed my muscle. I'm really good. I feel like now um, yeah. with with interpreting like you know scripts and stuff. So it's um, so I feel like I can do anything, but but obviously to get the real recognition you kind of have to you kind of have to be i don't know i like sci-fi um you know i like drama um you know but it's really just something that i can dive into and um and based on my classical experience i feel like i can i feel like i can manipulate any script um to fit me so i'm feel like i am operating at the highest level that i have that i've ever uh, whether it's vocally, whether it's like in front of a camera on a stage, in front of a mic, um, I'm very happy uh, with where I'm at right now. Um, my end game is just to continue being a working actor. Honestly, I don't really have Oscar goals or or like any particular awards. I mean, I want to book a national tour. I want to like you know at some point maybe go to New York. But I don't, who wants to live in New York? You 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 see Grace out there going hard right now. Dude, our friend Grace, Grace I you. get her on the show so bad, dude. She did, she because uh, she's a swing. Grace you man, shout out Grace you right now because she she's been hustling like crazy, just like you, dude. I feel like since like post CSUN and all that, just fucking hitting the ground running. But yeah, she got her. She's a swing on Hades the musical. And she yeah, her, a little while ago, she did her first swing lead, right? She did the lead. Yeah. Yeah. And that is crazy. Like, Would the fact that you're like that? Swing? Well, I just auditioned for MJ, the musical, the national oh, tour. Yeah. MJ. I saw the performance at yeah. Tony Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like, um, I can sing a lot of Michael Jackson songs and I can, I know all, all of his dance moves. So, um, I sent in a really good tape, um, so, you know, but that is such a tough thing to do. Um, Michael Jackson is like the greatest performer who ever lived. It's like they're expecting a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, but dude, uh, Michael Jackson, dude. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, that's not like I, 
I'm just I'm just going from from I'm just trying to just do whatever's in front of me right now. Certain things are in front of me. You know, obviously Shakespeare. You know, we opening Macbeth on Saturday. That's kind of what I have to focus on right now. Um, you know, I'm doing a full core press with my agencies just so that they know I'm operating at the highest level ever, and and I'm ready to book something really really big. So uh, my end game is just to continue this path, this trajectory of consistency. And then hopefully something hits um, <laughs> because that's really what it is. As long as you can like maintain your life, booking a commercial here and there, uh, getting paid, you know, with the company, independent Shakespeare company, like doing voiceovers here and there, you know, um, that's that's great with me, honestly. I mean, just to be a working actor is my end game. Um, but uh, but it's all good. I, You know, we all looking for for bigger and better at some point you know yeah right on. and i also want to write and do that album and go on tour so it's just it's just a lot you know go on tour like what do you mean like go on tour like a national like musical or your own musical like your own like singer tour, no, like, like, performance yeah singer um Dude. having a band i think i can i think i can sell out the hollywood bowl like it like in in, in, in like a in the in, in an ideal world Technically, if I made 30 songs over the next, let's say, five years, Mm -hmm. um, I think they could be heard by people, um, especially with my ability to perform um, live. I think I think, yeah, I mean, if people see me live, they would want to come. So I think it's possible that if I went down a music route, um, I could get signed and go on tour. It's why not impossible. Not? Hell yeah! Why yeah. not? Yo, you are. Uh, so I saw this interview with uh, with Nicolas Cage. He was doing one of those like roundtable talks with like a bunch of actors or whatnot, right? And he mm-hmm. was talking about like in an audition or like as a performer. He's like, you have to believe you're precious. Like you have to believe you have something precious because if you don't believe you have something precious, why is anyone else going to believe you? Yeah. <laughs> and that's just what I'm saying yeah, with you, dude. Like, whatever you have, like, what, the, the talent you have, whether it's singing, acting, performing, it seems like you've nurtured it. It seems like you've, you've, uh, you have a great understanding of what your talent is and, and you understand it's precious, man. And you're just letting that take you to wherever it takes you. And, dude, that's, that's wonderful, my friend. That's wonderful. It's a blessing that I've been able to kind of get to this point. Obviously, like I've always had a high level of confidence, but sometimes it could have been like confidence for not like confidence for the mm-hmm. sake of confidence. But it's I think it's finally coming to the point where my confidence is really matching up with my ability. And, you know, everything's coming together at the same time. It's like you can't be confident and not be good, you know. And honestly, the XP that I've got with the Shakespeare Company over the last seven years on stage and off and and, you know, doing, doing, singing with their live band, being in front of thousands of people. I've performed in front of like almost 500,000 people over the last seven years mm-hmm. um, by way of them. And you don't necessarily get those opportunities anywhere else. And, and, and you know, experience is, is, you know, professional experience is like there's nothing better than it. You know what I mean? You can't get that in a, in a workshop or a class in L.A. So um, I'm finally really good. Thanks to Melissa Chalsma, a really good actor. um, And I have developed into a really good singer. So I feel like everything is is coming together with the confidence too. like, you know, um, when I went seven, eight years ago, I was confident, but I definitely wasn't as good as I am now. So it's also, you know, a confidence based on just lots of grind. Yo, man. Also, did you know Corey Sorensen, the professor at CSUN? Yeah, yeah. I took his um, acting, acting for camera? the camera class. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I love that guy. Shout out Corey, man. Like that dude, something like that just rang in my head after hearing you right now talk about your confidence and how it's grown and how you know, even before confidence was different. Corey, Corey taught us something about how like as an actor, it's all about breaking down your ego and rebuilding it and being able to just do that flawlessly because you do have to build your we we as as artists we do need to have an ego in the sense that we need to know that we're precious we need we have to be Mm. realistic of course but we need to know that no what i have is good enough at least there 
at least you got to start there that what I have is good enough. And that's, that's ego. But mm-hmm. then you might stumble. You might not book that role. You might, yeah. your voice might crack during a, during a, during a, you know, warm up, or you might fall during a, a choreography step or whatever, you know, but when that happens, your ego is going to crumble and you got to humble yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That humbling. Yourself. Yeah. It's a constant thing. I mean, each 22 shows that we just did 22 shows a night of the burning pestle and you can't go into the show thinking it's going to be perfect. You, I, I go into every show with the same amount of like, like it's opening night, like fear. There has to be a certain level of fear because it's live theater and something. You never know what could happen. Anything can happen. You never know. Exactly. Yeah. You never know what can happen to your voice, you know, like, <clears throat> or if you, or if you trip and fall or something like that. So yeah, as long as you keep that hunger to get better every single day, your ego can never get I mean, for me, as long as you're trying to be better, you can never feel like you've reached a certain level. Like, you know, you you never like there is no ceiling to to how good you can get. Look at look at, um, you know, let's say Denzel, for example, like let's just take him, um, you know, just take him like, I don't know, he's still putting in work, you know, or Samuel Jackson. It's like, you know, there is. um. You know, he's he's putting in work in, in Macbeth. Like, I don't know, that movie was, you know, beautifully shot. But, you know, and at the end of the day, people can have their opinions on if they liked it or not. But um, but at the end of the day, he's putting in work and he's getting better. Denzel is still trying to get better as an actor today. And there is no reason any person should have a bigger head than him mm. or act like their work is done. So... Um, yeah, your ego has to just trump. I mean, you know, the work that you put in has to trump your ego all the time. And then as long as you maintain that mindset, I think you'll constantly have a level head and you also have to have a good family behind you. So it's like, you know, that, that family, that, that support system, um, the love that you get outside of yourself can always help you out as well. Yeah, even Ketchy says, man, even Ketchy would say that how she still gets scared performing. And she said, the day I stop being scared is the day I stop singing. That's when I'll stop. Yeah. Yeah. We do it because we feel alive. We do it for that rush, that opening night, the anything. You're doing outdoor Shakespeare, dude. A, a bird could fly in. A bug could hit your face. A kid could start a bug crying. bug goes in your mouth. dude that's real that can happen here you know and that's exciting man or your stage manager fucking gets sick and then you have to have someone else step in and figure this out like and and again there's something about like you said about being with the professional company dude just being around like-minded people not even just the not even just being around fellow actors but it's about being with people who again who are thinking about the show who are here for the better of the show we're here for for Macbeth coming up. We're, we're here for that. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about me behind the light board. It's not, behind, it's not about me and my role. It's not about me and my whatever I'm doing. It's about the show. And I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, I feel like that's like some sort of religion type thing, dude. You know, that kind of thing that just takes you out of yourself and makes you feel like you're a part of something bigger. Oh yeah, dude. It's so sacred. Um, and it's a privilege to be able to perform in front of people and to bring that, you know, kids, come every every day and they have never seen theater before and um to be able to make that impression upon people and to see how happy it makes them after the show nothing like it it's 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 like definitely similar to to religion you know but you know obviously there's only you know one god but uh but there is the god of theater and the and you know the just you know the god spirituality of, energy just like there's yeah. something about like, like, there's like what? How, how many people you said would be the max for Independent Shakespeare Company? What's the max audience cap? With well, without, normally without COVID, without COVID um, like I think the biggest audience they have for Romeo and Juliet like was like two, like three thousand or something, like close like, to three thousand. Think about that, dude. Three thousand people, one night, sitting down yeah. together, all focused on this one story all feeling sad at one moment, all feeling excited at one moment, laughing, scared, whatever it is, right? 
Like there, there, there's got to be something spiritual about that. It's it's not even like it, I think it goes above like anything. It's it's just it's something about human connectivity. Yeah, which is, you know, Shakespeare said is the most important thing we got. I don't know if he said it just like that, but <laughs> that's exactly how he said it. He's chilling. He's like, that's the last thing we got, y'all. That's the last thing we've got. Okay. Human connectivity is all we got. <laughs> all right, Billy. Relation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I yeah, think man. we got to a really good place in the podcast to get to my favorite segment. Right. I don't want to keep you for too long, but my favorite part is: that, Have you ever seen Inside the Actor Studio? Inside the Actors, yeah. Uh, James uh, Lipton, let me University. Maybe. Um, Give it a quick Google. Let me Google. Quick Google. I know this guy. I don't know if I've. I don't know if I'm so well versed on it. Well, yeah, no worries, no worries. So, Inside the Actor Studio, just for those that don't know, is a uh, was a show on Bravo where James Lipton would host a lecture uh, at Pace University. Actually, Shelby, uh, shout out Shelby from CSUN. I think she actually went to get her master's at Pace University at this school, yeah. uh, and so mm-hmm. they do this uh, this uh, lecture where James is interviewing an actor, a performer of some sort, right? And at the end of every interview, there's a set of ten questions that James asks every guest, and it's. Uh, it's 10 questions that at first seem very simple, but I think it's a, just a great way to get to know somebody. So nothing too crazy yeah. in depth, but so I'm not going to be asking you what color underwear you got on or anything. Don't worry about that. You know, just simple stuff. <laughs> you ready for that? You ready yeah. for this, my dude? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, here we go. Question number one is, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Mm-hmm. Is this, can I cuss? I'm, 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 I'm kidding. Uh, no, my favorite word gotta be, ah, oh, shit. I, I, that one. I'm just I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. Um, curse words are so fun to say. Uh, my, but my favorite, like non curse word. Yeah, yeah, just do non curse word for now. Just do non curse word for now. Yeah. For All now. right, my favorite non curse word's gotta be, um, right now, I'm on a, uh, I say, it's got to be hella. I like historically hella. Is that a cuss word? I think that's still a cuss word. <laughs> um, I don't know. Lit, lit, lit is my favorite word right now. Mm. Dig it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's lit. Next question. What is mm-hmm. your least favorite word? My least favorite word. Um. I uh, see. I haven't put in so much thought upon upon this, but uh, something that's not lit—the opposite of lit, trash. No, I like saying trash. Um, uh, but it's like my least favorite word is like mm, something that don't sit well with you. It's gotta, it's gotta taste bad. It's gotta be like rotten. I don't like rotten. Mm. That's trash. Milo doesn't like that either. He's my co-host, my unofficial co-host. Your dog? Yeah, he's like, that's trash. He's like, yeah. Yeah, trash. Yeah, rotten's trash. Right on. Next question. What turns you on? What makes you happy? What, what makes you happy? Not turn you on like <laughs> that. I mean, I mean, if that's your interpretation, cool, but that's why I follow up with what makes you happy? <laughs> what makes you happy? Yeah. Um, what makes me happy is 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 honestly making people happy um being able to spread happiness because i feel like i'm good at that and that's one of the things that god has put me on this planet to do is to smile and and to spread a certain level of happiness so being able to make people happy makes me happy right on. next question what turns you off what makes you unhappy um unhappy is is um is you know a mindset of of uh no hope like i feel like there's always hope um and sometimes you can get into these thoughts you know these these negative thoughts and 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 it's just like, you know, like, dang, like, 
you know, like suicide or, or things like that. Obviously it doesn't turn me off, but it's just like, it makes me so sad to know that people can live without faith and hope in the world. Well said, well said. Next question. What sound or noise do you love? Hmm. Audience, cheers. I love the closing night audience clapping. I, I don't know. I I love just reactions from an audience. Right on. Whether what it's sound? good or bad. <laughs> oh, right on. My bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're good, dude. You're good. My character in this Night of the Burning Pestle was like a sleaze ball. And sometimes I would get the Mm. or like you know you would feel the audience like not really down because i had to like be this sleazy dude that's marrying the girl that loves somebody else and i'm like but i'm rich and i'm like yeah yeah i got one thing in mind type deal and sometimes the audience would get a reaction i'm like yeah that's exactly what i want <laughs> <laughs> oh man very nice very yeah. nice next question what sound or noise do you hate? This trash, this dump truck right outside my uh, room. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> sound and noise that I hate. Um, sound. <laughs> I mean, can you hear this? This this dump truck right outside. Nah, your mic's doing a pretty good job of dampening it, not going to lie. I don't hear anything of it. (laughs) Sounds that I hate. I mean, you know, I love minor keys. Um, uh, Do I really hate sounds? I guess I don't like... um, What sounds do I not like? Um, uh, Oh, uh, turds plopping. The sound of turds plopping into a, a toilet. That are not my turds. It sounds good when it's my turds, but I don't know. If you're like in in, in a in, in a bathroom stall and you hear somebody <laughs> that is rough. I'm like, oh man, you all right in there, bro? <laughs> Maybe it could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right very nice wet turds wet turds the sound of wet turds <laughs> this is just <laughs> evolving man this is just evolving for you i'm i'm i'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> <laughs> all right okay this is a good one it's a favorite one what is your favorite curse word hey finally we get into the juice <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> that. my favorite curse word Man, it's it's got to be shit, shit, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be shit. Because you can say it in so many different ways. It's like you can say shit or man, that's some shit. You know, it's just so fun to say. It's a million different ways to say it. Well, shit. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Next question. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. I thought about being in the FBI. I actually got recruited to be in the FBI. Um, I was on this flight um, to Atlanta to visit my sister for her daughter's birthday. And I was... um, sitting next to apparently a, a special agent recruiter of the FBI. And um, I was tired on the plane. So I was sleeping, but it was as soon like we took off and I was asleep. And then we got into the spot where they started to serve the drinks. And then as soon as the person comes back, I wake up and I'm like, yeah, let me get a cranberry mixed with orange juice. Is that cool? Yeah. And then I go back to sleep. And I think that, that, that trigger to wake up after I've been asleep for like an hour and a half to wake up on a dime. I don't know, made this guy like, like, wow. So was he asleep or, or was he not, you know? Um, 
And then our conversation um, pretty much made him think that I could be in a diversity program in the FBI. Um, and he was like, but, you know, just just think about it. He gave me his card. I still have his card to this day. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I just I'm intrigued by understanding what's 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 in this stuff, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, like the James Bond type stuff. I don't know if I want to be James Bond because you can risk your life, but it's intriguing to to kind of be in the know of secret agent stuff. So I'd be a special agent of the FBI if I could not be an actor. I mean, it's always been conspiracy that actors are secret agents just plugged in to make us think things. Patrick, what are you telling <laughs> me, dude? I don't know what you're, I don't know if you told me too much. Am I not going to see you next week? You better not go disappearing on me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Well, right on. All right. Next question. What profession would you not like to do? FBI. No, I'm going to Um, because <laughs> you could really, you, you know, you might be stuck into a wormhole, but no, uh, really the profession I wouldn't like to do is probably, um, I mean, every job has its, you know, like respect from me. Um, I respect anyone that works for a living. Um, but you know, I, I'm just not really a numbers guy. I mean, being an accountant, I could, I, I could be my own accountant, but it's like, do I really want to be an accountant? Um, that's just tough, you know, to have to do numbers all the time or to have to like fill out government paperwork, like working at the DMV. Ugh. I would not want to do it. I can't do it. Working at the DMV, respect to those people, but I can't do it. All right, Happy let's for get you. to that. Let's get that final question and nothing happened. Just magic, man. This is the magic of podcasting. Yes, All right, sir. let's see. Final question is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What would I like him to say? Welcome in. <laughs> Welcome in. <laughs> I'm like, bro, hey, that's the one thing you kind of, you worry about. You know, you get there and you're like, uh, you're waiting in line. And then he says, oh, yeah. Oh, Patrick Batiste. Ah, you got to go to the other line. So I want him to say, welcome in, my son. Ah, we've been waiting for you. Let's party. You know, that'll be lit <laughs> as opposed to the opposite. <laughs> oh. Hey, turn it up. I'll be like, hey, God, we're going to turn it up in here. You made a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, have some, 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 some good Christian fun out here. <laughs> That's not to say we don't have any flour for you, Pat. We got some bud. We got oils. We got even got edibles, topicals, drinks, foods. Oh, oh, what if he said, "Oh, welcome in. Here's a joint. I know you like to smoke some weed sometime." I'll be like, "Oh God, please, please, God, won't he do it?" Day. He's so like, it was cool the whole time. He's like, yeah, Pat, what'd you think the burning bush was? Oh, what did you man, think the you burning think... bush was? I was telling you. Hey, look. <laughs> I'm about to spark some of these baby jeeters right now. Well, we're done. We got perfect. We got to the end. Now this is the time. Those are not a plug, but baby jeeters are money, dude. Uh, yes, now sir. is the time for you to plug in. Uh, let the people know what you're doing. What you're performing on, let them know uh, where they can find you. You know, your all your links will be in the description that you mentioned and whatnot. But this is your time, Pat. Yeah, yeah, it's Pat B. Too Real, man. Independent Shakespeare Company. We open Macbeth and we run it um, September. Uh, what, what is Saturday? September fifth or sixth? What's today? Today is the so yeah. We open Macbeth on the sixth and we close it. Labor Day, so September 4th. So we got 22 shows, Wednesday through Sunday, Griffith Park, Free Shakespeare Festival. You trying to slide to the park, see an awesome show. I think it's going to be really unique. I think people have seen Macbeth a million different ways. 
but not like this way. So especially with me in it. So it's uh it's all good. That's what I'm doing next. And then after that, who knows, but it's going to be some type of grind. All right. Go treat yourselves, folks. Go see Pat B. Go see him with the Independent Shakespeare Company. All right. Yes, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, friends? This is the outro. You made it. Hey, did you like that? It was chill, right? Very, very chill vibes, just like always, I hope. That was Patrick Batiste. You can check him out on Instagram, Pat2BeReal. That's two, the number two. Uh, and then you can also catch him live uh, with Independent Shakespeare Company, August 6th through September 4th. Uh, Macbeth, go check it out. It's a good time. You know, get a blanket, get some snacks, some cheese, some crackers, some meats, or if you're vegan, just get hummus, you know, get good old-fashioned hummus and pita. I don't know. Whatever you want, enjoy it. Go have fun, man. Maybe a little bit of wine. Be responsible. Don't be naughty. It's Shakespeare. It's kids around. Maybe dogs. Have fun. Uh, yeah, and check out Stephen Brown Cortez. Uh, check him out. Just check, check. Google, go Google. Google and see what you find. Stuff on on YouTube's. Uh, whatever. Go find, go find like a scavenger hunt. Uh, and don't forget, you're enough. You're more than enough. It's pretty incredible how enough you are. Uh, okay. Bye. Thank you.